Luke chapter 5, we're going to be in verse number 1 this morning. We're going to read down to verse 11. I'll tell you what, we're going to read down to verse 13. Let's just do it. And it came to pass, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and washing their nets. And he entered the one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes in their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all that were, and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. And it came to pass, when he was in a certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. I want to preach to you about two words this morning that can change your life and my life forever. You don't have to be a lost person to say it. You can, be, you can be saved for 60 years. Two words can change the course of your life. I want you to see them in the, toward the end of verse number 5. Simon says the words, I will. So the title of my message this morning is, Would You? Would You? Father, I need your help today. Prayed, prayed throughout the week, prayed last night, prayed this morning, begging you for your help today. Lord, I pray that none of us are worried about time today. I pray that right now our eyes are on Jesus. I pray, Father, that we are wanting to hear something from you today. I pray that when we leave this place, God, that we know where we've been, that we don't leave here yawning, that we don't leave here the same as when we came. I pray that we leave here hungry and didn't even realize it. I pray, Father, that we see you. And that today we're drawn to you. God, the truth is this morning every one of us are desperate for Jesus. We need your power in our life. I pray with your help today that you minister to all of us, including myself. God, let your word go forth. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Some time had passed from the end of chapter 4 
to the beginning of chapter 5. The Bible says it came to pass. Everything is going to come to pass. Good times, hard times will come. Hard times, better days are ahead. Everything shall pass. Time moves on. We can't stop it. Our kids are going to grow up. We're going to get old. One day, if the Lord tarries, we're going to pass away. Everything comes to pass. The Bible says in chapter 5, as it begins, that there is a mob of people who had pressed upon Jesus to hear the word of God. Jesus was not preaching the King James Bible. He was God manifest in the flesh, preaching his word. Jesus was the greatest of all preachers. There was no miscommunication, no misinterpretation. Jesus just laid it out like it was. Greatest teacher, greatest preacher ever lived. He was delivering the word that day. People desired to hear from him. They knew that there was something about the words of Jesus. Even those who were sent to arrest Jesus returned to the accusers and said, Why do you not have him? And they simply said, Never man spake like this man. He spoke as one who had authority. People had gathered around. He was there at the Lake of Gennesaret. We also know it as the Sea of Galilee. A big body of water, roughly 13 miles wide, seven miles the other direction. It's a body of water that we find. It is the central location, is the main thing in the region of Galilee. The Bible says that on that day he found two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them, and they were washing their nets. Can I say this morning that Jesus knows exactly where you and I are today? Jesus can be speaking to a mob of people, and at the same time, have plans for Cecil Berry. Jesus can be speaking to a congregation of individuals. He's, he, he has a word for everyone. And still stop by your ship. You say, well, I'm not there. He knows you'll be around. He knows you'll come back. Jesus walks up there that day, and on that day, there was a, similar to this right here, and you see on the screen, there's a ship. It's not just a little boat. It's not a bass boat. It's enough that it, that it hauled a lot of disciples when they went over to the other side. It was a good enough size that they, they didn't drop a menacing down in the water. They dropped a big old net down in the water. Had a desire to catch all these fish. They were fishermen by trade. It's what they did. It's how they supported their families. how they ministered their loved ones. It's what they chose as a profession. Jesus walked by that lake that day and that, those two ships, they were empty. Those guys weren't being lazy. They had been fishing all night. They were washing their nets. The day of fishing was over. I imagine they're washing the nets that day were pretty heavy because they had caught nothing. I've been through life and feel like nothing's happening. Amen. 
I've been in church and feel like nothing's happening. I've read my Bible and feel like I didn't get nothing. I've prayed and I've wondered, God, did you hear that? Lord, I got a burden here. I don't know what to do about it. Can you help me with it? And I'm still facing a storm. Sometimes you go through life, there's nothing. I said, y'all smile at me. There's nothing. Every day is not a great story to tell. Every day is not, wow, I can't wait to share that testimony. Unless you like to get on Facebook and rant about something. Why don't you try to encourage somebody every now and then rather than complain to everybody about something you need to keep to yourself. That's free. He's there. They've caught nothing. They're washing their nets, verse 3, and Jesus entered into one of the ships. That ship had to be Simon's. He already knew Simon. Simon already knew him. They'd met before. Of course, Jesus already knew who he was. He gets in Simon's ship, and he asks Simon a question. He said, uh, he said, would you thrust out a little from the land? Isn't that amazing, Brent? Jesus asked Simon for permission. Jesus asked Simon, would you do a little thing for me? And Simon could have said, nope, I got to get home. My work day is over. I got to go cut grass. I got I to gotta go, go to the ball game. I got things I need to do. Jesus got in that ship. I don't know time frame how this all worked out. I don't know, but Simon knows Jesus is getting in the ship. That's all right. That's Jesus. Jesus is welcome in my ship. Jesus is welcome in my house. Jesus is welcome in my church. Jesus is welcome in my heart and my life. Here's where it gets tough. When Jesus asks me something. Huh. And it usually, to Jesus, is just a little thing. Simon, would you thrust out a little from the shore? Now, Jesus has a reason for this, and I bet it's more than one reason. One, he's given Simon an opportunity to respond. Two, he's given him an opportunity to speak to the multitude of people. Can God use you to reach a multitude of people? Simon, would you thrust out a little? It's just a little thing. Would you just thrust out a little from the shore? Simon was glad to do that. That's step number one. Amen? It's not a hard thing to get up on a Sunday morning and go to church. It's not a hard thing to come back on a Sunday night. It's not a hard thing to get up in the morning and read your Bible. It's not a hard thing to get on your knees and pray. It's just a little thing. That's step number one. Simon responds. He pushed out a little and Jesus sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Wouldn't you like the Lord Jesus 
to speak out of your ship to reach the multitude? Fewer amens. Now, when he had left speaking in verse 4, he said unto Simon, when we got done, now he turns to Simon. He spoke to the multitude. How did the multitude respond? That's not the emphasis here. Why do we always worry about what other people are doing? Stop worrying about everybody else. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Can I get an amen, young men? Learn to keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Because people will disappoint and people will get in the way. Keep your eyes on Jesus. We see Jesus spoke to everybody. I don't know what it, I don't know what his message was exactly. I don't know how everybody responded. What the Holy Spirit emphasizes here is the one individual. And the message is over. Simon thinks, okay, we're done. We'll go back. We'll finish what we're doing and we'll go home. Jesus isn't done yet. Simon, launch out into the deep. Would you go, I, I thank you for thrusting out a little bit. Thank you for coming to church today. But can I ask you to go deeper than that? Would you launch out into the deep? That's going to require a little bit more. That's going to require more effort. Ain't it, Brent? It's going to require more effort. It's going to require more time. I don't have time. God can take, God can take time away. Grace. You got the time God gives you and me. Would you launch out in the deep? Thrust out a little. Now he's taking it a step further. Thank you for doing that. Now I want to ask you, would you go deeper? And then he tells them, and when you get out there, those nets you just watched, would you let them back down? What would you do? I just watched those nets. Why do we got to do it again? I don't understand. Why is God asking me to do this? I'm busy. I got these things. It's a personal. It's personal. The Lord, through the Holy Spirit, gives us the scriptures, and Luke wrote them, because he's got something in there for us to learn. I just washed them. That is not what he said. He does offer an excuse. Look at, look at verse number 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto the... He said unto Simon, launch out in the deep and let down your nets for a draft. And Simon answering, said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night, have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I, I what? I will change, change his life. His response was, okay, I will. Changed everything. He didn't know it. He didn't know that that decision was about to change the course of his life. But it did. He just says, yes, sir, I will. Now, I will, when we say I will, it places us under God's authority. Now, you can get over there to Lucifer and Isaiah 14, and there's the five I wills, and he says, I'm going to be the most high, and he talks about himself. I will do this, and I will do that, and that's his will. 
But when, but when God asks us to do something, and he leaves the response up to us, and we say, Lord, okay, I will. That is submitting ourselves and putting ourselves under God's authority. Can I say this? There's always room, there's always a reasonable excuse. Always. Always a reasonable excuse. He says in his excuse, Master, we have toiled all the night and we have caught nothing. We are professionals. We do this for a living. We know where the fish are supposed to be. We do this every night. We have toiled all the night. We have caught nothing. They just simply aren't there. But if you want me to, I will. He doesn't say we've already washed our nets, but that was added in the scripture. We already know that. There's always a reasonable excuse. What is the excuse that you and I make? This message has been preached to me for a few days. What is your excuse that you make? Oh, preacher, I can't read the Bible. I just can't understand it. Every born-again believer, the Bible says, is filled with, indwelled with the Holy Spirit. Can I get amen there? Do we understand that? The Holy Spirit enabled Peter and the other disciples to preach in a language that they had never spoken in before, but he's able to do it so that everybody who heard him could understand it. Is that not the same power that lives within us? So yes, we're not that smart. And no, we're not going to understand everything about the Bible because it is God's book, it is a spiritual book, and it is not man's book. You're not going to get it all. But I promise you this, if you get in it, you will grow in your understanding. You just got to start somewhere. Just start. I also promise you this, if you never get it, you'll never understand it. So stop making the excuse. Let's go a little bit deeper. Will you get in a little bit deeper? I will. Would you give me one more service? I will. Would you, would you spend a little time in prayer? I will. Before you know it, you're going to be telling people about it. Before you know it, you're going to be praising the Lord. Lord, I don't care what these people think when they look at me. You're a great God. You're going to say amen without my hand to my ear. You're going to quit worrying about the clock. Because I can't wait to get to church on Sunday. I want to feel like I was at church today. I want to see people get saved. I want to be a part of that. I cannot wait to see what God will do. Let that be your spirit. There's always an excuse. There's always a, uh, there's always a reason. But notice this. Jesus did not debate with him. He did not say, oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot. I forgot y'all went out fishing last night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to impose on your time. Oh, yeah, y'all watching this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for asking you. I'm sorry for putting you out. Jesus didn't debate. Jesus wanted to know one thing, yes or no. Yes or no. So read Hebrews chapter 11, Acts chapter 9 with Ananias. Everywhere you see, people didn't understand what God was calling them to. The only thing that mattered is were they willing to obey by faith. That's how they showed up in Hebrews 11. 
They didn't have all the answers. They didn't know everything that was going to happen, everything that's going to face. They didn't know the persecution, the ridicule. They did not know. Ananias was sent to Saul because Saul was getting saved. The Lord was dealing with his heart. And Ananias said, I heard about that man. Jesus did not debate with him. Jesus just said, I have called him. I have chosen him for a purpose. He is going to preach my word to the Gentiles and across the world. Doesn't matter what you think. Doesn't matter the excuse that we give. The only thing that God wants to know is, are you willing or not? And if you're not, that's okay. You can go fishing tomorrow night and catch nothing. Or you may catch a few, but you're going to do it on your own. Who wants to go through this life on your own? Who wants to go through this life struggling because somewhere back there you said, I'm not willing to go any deeper. I want to stay in the shallows or I just want to go to the house. But people say it all the time. No, I'm not. I'm not willing. What would you do? It places us under God's authority. Secondly, it inspires others to follow. Look at verse 6 and 7. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in, their, in the other ship, that they would come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. Peter's willingness got others involved. Jesus only entered one ship. He only told one person to launch out in the deep. He only told one person to let down his nets. But I, in verse 5, became they five times in verses 6 and 7. Others decided to join them. If you're going to go out, they had the same excuse. But Simon, if you're willing, I'll go with you. Matter of fact, let's just take out both boats. Let's take out both ships. You can let your nets down for a draft. We just got to see this. That's okay. Just sit back and watch. I'd rather God do something in my life. And I hope that you're there to see it. And I hope that you go from a spectator to a participator. That's good preaching. They go out there, they got to the spot. I imagine Jesus said, that's it, that's it right there. Right here's a good spot. I believe Jesus could have picked any spot, don't you? I'm not much of a fisherman. When we go deer hunting, we, me and the boys, we pray every time, Lord, put that deer in front of us. You know where that deer is. You're in control of that deer. Put him in front of us. And when we shoot him, make sure it's a good shot. Lord, right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. We tried this spot. They're here, right here. I've been, the, I've already been there. Right here. They dropped that net. Whew. Suddenly that net moves and they grab that net. That boat began, I, can't you see it? Can't you see that boat start to moving? Boat start moving. 
and they grabbed that net and Andrew's there and they grabbed that net because Andrew's his brother and they were fishing partners and they there and I know Andrew didn't mention here but I'm sure he's there and they grabbed that net and they begin to pull. Can you believe this? Woo! Can you believe this? James and John over there and, and, and they said, man, it's too much for us. Come over here and help us. And James and John come and they start pulling up them fish and it's so many fish. They got, they got Simon's boat full and they go over to James and John. They said, let's start putting them in here. Let's put them in this ship. And both ships begin to fill. Because when we say, I will, it don't take a lot. It doesn't take everybody. But when God starts seeing what he's doing, in, when people start seeing what God's doing in your life, it inspires for them to say, I will. I want some of that. I want in that. Let, Lord, fill my, fill, fill my ship. I'm out here in the deep too, Lord. I was here just watching, but now I want to be a part of it. Fill up my ship. Inspires people. Would you be willing to inspire others in their walk with the Lord, or are you just happy with discouraging people? Inspire somebody. Say, I will to the Lord so that people can see God is doing something in their life, and I would like to see it in mine. So tell us, in Acts chapter 4, they wanted to know, beggar, Mr. Beggar, why are you walking and leaping and praising God? Because Jesus came in my life. Jesus saved me. Inspire others. Thirdly, I will leads us to the feet of Jesus. Look here in verse 8 and 9. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished at all and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. When we realize who Jesus is and what he can accomplish in our life, it should leave us astonished. And this should leave us overwhelmed with the reality of just who we are. You are looking at a nobody. You're looking at a sinner who was blowing his life until I finally said I will. We're filled with a room of nobodies. We just happen to know somebody who will save anybody. So let's go and tell everybody. Mm. He is shouting. His boats being filled did not make him go back home and start telling his fishing story. To the point as if, boy, we got on them today. We're, we found it. We got on them fish today. And those 100, those 100 fish we caught suddenly become 200 fish. I think if we'd got them all, we'd have had 300 in there. He was so astonished at what Jesus could do. 
he turned to him. And he said, God, I am undeserving. I am a sinful man. I don't deserve this. You know what, our, you know what part of our problem is? All of us? Somewhere along the line, we got to thinking we deserve it. That's why we play our violin so much. I deserve. I deserve more than this. No, you don't. Pastor's great message. Pastor Lewis' great message. Why do good things happen to bad people? Everybody wants to know is why bad things happen to good people. Whoever said we were good? That's where we messed up. Jesus, I get to breathe today. With this breath, I have the opportunity to praise you. Without you. Without you, my boat is empty. Without you, my family's a mess. My kids are broken. My marriage is a mess. Without you, I dread every day. Without you, what do I got to smile about? I will leads us to his feet. It doesn't cause us to stand. It doesn't cause everybody to look at us and say, hey, look at me, look what I'm doing. Not if it's real. Last one. I will changes our course. They were a bit afraid, Simon was. Mentions James and John. You know that these, these become the, we refer to them as the big three because they were in Jesus' most inner circle. In verse 10, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Man, isn't it just amazing the progress? It began with just a little. It began with an obedience to launch into the deep. It was a willing to drop the net, not knowing what the results might be. And now Jesus says, you're going to do, even some, you're going to do something even bigger than catching these fish. You're going to do more than just being a part of a miracle. You're going to see people give their eternities over to Christ. And when they had brought their ships to land, you know what they did? They forsook all and followed them. I don't know what they had planned, Jason, when they were mending their nets, when they were washing their nets. I don't know what they were planning. But it all changed the moment Jesus stepped by, came by. What they had scheduled for that day changed everything. And so I just decide... I'm going to set my sail and let God blow on it. He wants me to go over here, we'll go over here. 
main thing for me is I just want to be where Jesus is. And I'm always going to have an excuse, and I'm going to always have a reason to say no. And I've said no too many times. But today, today I want to say I will. I'm going to close verse 12 and 13. It changes. It's a different lesson. It's a different message. I get that, but this is important. And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, it came to pass again, right? The question is, are we still following him when it came to pass? And when he was in a city, certain city, behold, a man full of leprosy, who seeing Jesus, fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Boy, isn't that something? Mm. Jesus helped the fisherman. Will he help me, preacher? The most vilest of people comes to Jesus. The individual who everybody ran from wants nothing to do with because he's got something that I don't want my family to have. He walks into a church... I don't want to sit beside that guy. He's got a reputation. That fella comes in. Nobody else is going to help him. So he just comes to Jesus and says, I've heard a lot about you. And I've seen beggars walk because of you. And I've seen lame man whose lives got turned upside down, got changed because of you. And I'm coming to you because I just believe if you, if you will, I believe you could change my life. What's Jesus saying in verse 13? I will. Lord, I'm a sinner. I am guilty. People knew everything I did. Lord, they wouldn't have anything to do with me. They wouldn't even want to sit with me. Lord, I got nothing to offer. I'm guilty. But I believe. I believe that when Jesus died on that cross, he died for me. I believe that I'm a whosoever. I believe if you're willing, Lord, I believe that you can cleanse me. I believe you can save me. I believe you can change my life. Every time, you know what God will say? I will. I will. I'll take you. Aren't you glad he said I will to you? I will. I'll take you. Why? Why am I satisfied with the shallows? Why am I satisfied with an excuse? Who do I think I help? Nobody. People suddenly know my name because I pastor Somerville Baptist Church. 
give them five seconds, they'll find out he ain't nobody. He can't even speak good English. Nobody. How's he the pastor of that church? It wasn't because of you, because God put me here. I believe the Lord wants us to get at the end of ourself. That's where we're really getting to. He wants us to get to the end of ourself so that he can really do something. He wants to use us, whether it's our ship, where he has the opportunity to come in and reach the multitude. Whether it's a miracle in our life, did you hear what God did in Diane's life? Did y'all hear? Did y'all hear? It was the great, do you realize it was the greatest fishing day in the history of the Sea of Galilee? Only to be duplicated in John 21 when the disciples didn't recognize who Jesus was. And he told them to cast the nets on the right side. And when that, when that boat moved and those nets got full, they said, that's Jesus right there. We done been here before. Some of you forgot. Jesus has already done it, but we done forgot. And there he is on the shore. Hey! Can I help y'all out again today? This sounds familiar. This is a deja vu moment, isn't it? Can I help y'all out? Would y'all try the other side? Would y'all try the right side? I think we've done this before. you hear this morning you don't know Jesus is your Savior I want you to say I will I'm begging to say I will if you hear this morning you've never followed the Lord in believers baptism what are we waiting for say I will you're here this morning you've pushed out a little bit from the shore Jesus has spoken to the congregation that Holy Spirit is at work, and we're wrapping up, and he's calling Carson, Garrett, Michael, Clay, Caden, Aiden. Would you follow me out a little bit further? And you're about to say, I will, or you're about to say, I won't. And you cannot say, I'll think about it, because that's I won't. That's a no for now. Discipleship is more than just getting in a 13-chapter course. It's learning to say, I'll go with you.
I'll go a little bit deeper. Let's go a little deeper today, Lord. Yes, Lord, let's go a little deeper today. Right here, Lord? Is this a good spot? Yes, sir, Lord. Let's drop it right here today. Lord, I want to do it over here. No, over here. Yes, Lord. You get the point? I don't preach all I can preach. You can come to the altar and pray. You can sit there at your seat. There's something humbling about coming to an altar or getting out of that seat. That, that's, that, that's an old-fashioned way of coming before the Lord. You're not coming before me. It's between you and the Lord. It is an old-fashioned way where we're saying, I don't care what people think. I'm just coming down to bow before my Lord and talk to him. It's just an old-fashioned way. In eight years of being associated with this church, some people have never done that. Never. I don't know why. That's between the Lord, and I'm not griping about it. I'm not. I just notice it. You might not be able to kneel, but you can come see it. I want us to get real with the Lord. Let's have the musicians come. Today, if you want to get saved, you want to say, Preacher, I want to say I will to him. I will, Lord, I, I will. I want to come to you today. Would you come this morning? Just make eye contact with me. Everybody here is right where the Lord is going to shout when they hear that testimony. Preacher, I want to get baptized. I want to make a decision today. Preacher, I want to respond to the Lord. I want to say, I will. I will. I'm willing. Preacher, I've been making too many excuses, but I, I want to say, I will this morning. Just a little bit deeper today. A little bit deeper today. Are you willing? Let's have the pianist. Start playing something softly.
here this morning, preacher, I want to get saved today. I want to know that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I want to get things right with the Lord today. Just raise your hand. Is that you this morning? Raise that hand up high. stand together and sing. My faith has found a resting place not in device or creed. I trust the end. 